Hey, Vinny. Yeah. Tell everyone about your weekend. How was your weekend? Are you just going to cut me off with the video? Swung on a jockey to right field. There it goes. See ya. First into the year. Oh. He drives one. Deep left field. That goes up to Back near the wall. It's out of here. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, folks. Welcome to episode 62 of the Big Fly Pod with your co-host Vinny D'Amato and T. Lou. Vinny, the Dodgers and Clayton Kershaw have decided to work out a deal. Jose Altuve and a trash can have extended with the Astros. And the Cincinnati Reds, we're going to talk about them along with their arbitration deal that they just completed with Jonathan India. But Vinny, before I ask you how you are doing, okay, I do want to give you a huge shout out. Our boy Vinny is officially going to be doing another podcast. Vinny has uh, signed a deal, signed a deal. We're going to say signed a deal uh, to be a co-host for the fantasy baseball podcast with just baseball media. I just want to let you know that I'm very, very happy for you. Um, very, very proud. Do I say proud or is that weird? No, no, that's not weird. I mean, you know, I see you like a little brother figure to me, so that would make sense. Um, no, yeah, thank you. I wouldn't have heard about this if it wasn't for you, Ty, you sent it to me. So I appreciate, um, you sending this over and, uh, yeah, very excited. Obviously I love fantasy ball. That's kind of, you know, how I watch baseball. So yeah, I'm looking forward to this. It's going to be a lot of fun. Now, when do you officially start with these guys? We are going to record before the Super Bowl on Sunday so that it can drop right after the Super Bowl. So right when you're done with football, want to gear up for some baseball Sunday night, check us out um, and get your fantasy draft started. We're going to uh, just do a little intro video on Sunday, and then I think we're going to start doing some some rankings starting next week. So, yeah, that's what, that's where we're headed. You have really gotten me into fantasy baseball, and I would say that while I would agree – I usually agree with people on two things. They say baseball is boring. I say yes to you. And then they say, I don't know how you can do fantasy baseball. It's too much. And I say to you it is. But to me, I've learned to love it. And I've grown more of a passion for it. And I thoroughly enjoy it. And it's because of you, buddy. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I, I will. I will give you that credit. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm happy to avoid arbitration. That's that was I was worried about. Wow, you know, going yeah. So, you know what we <laughs> avoided? You know what baseball avoided, which is actually a pretty great thing, I think, in the eyes of everyone, is that we avoided Clayton Kershaw being in a different uniform for this upcoming <sighs> season, and Clayton Kershaw is returning to the Dodgers, and they agreed to a two-year deal for. $10 million. This man who is rightfully so the greatest left-handed pitcher that we've seen in the history of baseball somehow, some way is only being signed for $10 million. What the craziest part about this dude is that it includes a player option in 2025 for $5 million. So um, as many people know, 
he is projected to return to the rotation probably after the all-star break, after undergoing shoulder surgery this offseason. So, Vinny, I ask you this. How do you get Clayton Kershaw on this cheap of a deal? Or do you see that player option and think, hmm, maybe I see what's going on here? I think the player option, maybe if he comes back and can get more than $5 million, because I mean, so Ty, let me, let me ask you in Clayton Kershaw's career, he has thrown 2,100 and caught 13 innings. What do you think his career ERA is? Do you know off the top of your head? In 2,700 innings, what is his career ERA since 2008? 2.78. 2.78. You're still a little high. 2.48. Wow. Isn't that incredible? Less than it's two incredible. and a half ERA since 2008. You're just, I, I know he's missed some time, but you're talking about one of the greatest pitchers of all time. Even last year, he clocked in at a 2.46 and 130 innings. So this guy, he's just, you're going to give him a contract as long as he's willing to pitch. And I got to imagine there's other teams that were going to offer him more than just this $5 million because he's worth it to me. I mean, we watch Frankie Montas sign for $16 million for one year. You're telling me Clayton Kershaw's worth $10 million less. I don't freaking think so. So I don't know how the Dodgers do it. It must just be one of those things of like, he's comfortable and you know, he wants to win. So where better to do that? Uh, sounds like the Dodgers are going to run a six man rotation. So, you know, it probably helped him out there too, because he's going to use some, you know, not need to throw as often, which I think will be good for him. Um, but yeah, great deal by the Dodgers. I just, I don't know how they do it. And uh, would have loved to see, I kind of would have liked to see Clayton go somewhere else, but I understand why he doesn't. Now, Dustin May, of course, is out. Tony Gonsolin is out. I believe May is out for the entirety of the year. They both were just placed on the 60-day IL. And they'll probably do the same with Kershaw here as well. Projected rotation-wise as of right now, so this does not include a few names, is Yamamoto, Glasnow, Miller, Paxton, and Sheehan. By midway through the year, they should expect Bueller back before they get Kershaw, and then they get Kershaw. So now, now we're talking about a seven-man rotation that you can roll into the playoffs with, which is diabolical. And credit to the Dodgers for saying, how are we – going to prepare our team best for the playoffs. And they have truly done that. They, you bring in seven guys. If you deal with any form of injuries or setbacks, you have your, you have automatically, you have a six man rotation, a five man rotation. If, if that gets to there, um, I mean, there's just no way that they were going to let this man walk. But I say that, and it's not even that much money. Now, the player option, if, as I look through it more and think about it more, because I originally said why, it makes sense, of course, because if for some reason he does very, very well in that second half, he then can use that player option to then get more money from the Dodgers next year. If he is on the cusp of not, or he ends up not having that great of a year, he at least can still earn that $5 million next year. But I think in this day and age, Vinny, where teams unfortunately don't want to keep their veterans around for a long time, there's not a bad word said about Kershaw from any person or in the organization uh, from the Dodgers. So 
it makes sense. And then I didn't think about this too, dude. Not only do they have a seven man rotation, they also have Michael Grove, Michael Grove and Gavin Stone. Mm-hmm. You and have nine dudes, man. All of them, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, rolling into next year as well. So when Shohei Otani comes back, what where are these guys gonna pitch? I have no idea. Are you gonna run a 10 man rotation? Who knows? Like I well, just don't know. Now, because James Paxton, I believe, is the only guy who's on a one-year deal. Oh, that's right, right Paxton, So, yep. mm-hmm. so you throw yep. in, but but then Bueller's also a free agent, right? So that's gonna be really, really interesting. I thought his was well. two years. Maybe he only has one. Let's I thought check he had two really quick. Give me give me double check. Give me a quick check because I remember originally saying that he um I think I said it on a uh episodes back when Yamamoto signed or Otani signed where we talked about next year and everything. Um, Let's see. Walker Bueller. Oh yeah. Free agent 2025. You are right. You are right. So if you're looking at this, you're saying, okay, you get Yamamoto, Otani, Glasnow, Miller, Sheehan. That plays. Yeah. Oh yeah. That oh, place yeah. and and Kershaw, and they've already said, you know, we know Bueller's not pitching for the first part of the season. They're already preparing for the playoffs. Like they are expecting to win their division. They're just trying to get everyone healthy to the finish line for the marathon, and it's very smart by them. So absolutely it makes sense to get this many arms. Absolutely. So thinking about it now, there's not a better rotation. In, in the NL West after after getting all these guys back. I, I, I said I said it was the D-backs, and then they got Yamamoto. So right hand up. I was wrong because I said it when they were um, – when they currently did not have Yamamoto, and we were had that little bit of an argument. I think things have changed now, and it's because of the fact that you can throw out seven guys in a five-game series against some of these teams. Um yeah, and it's just three insane. of them are probably aces on like every other team. You know, Glass now goes to twenty five other teams. He's the ace. Bobby Miller goes to twenty other teams. He's an ace. Yamamoto, twenty other teams. He's an ace. Like you, you got three aces at the front of your staff, and that's without Shohei and without Walker Bueller. It's just unbelievable what they're doing. How fun it would be! You know, what I mean, like how fun that must be as a fan. To have that many, would you be nervous? Like, it's it's now it's the pressure is there to such an immense degree. Are you nervous as a fan? Say, you know, if they don't get it done, this is like the failure of all failures. I don't know how you can be nervous, but maybe there's a little bit of like, there's no failing, right? Like, you you expect because I think even one championship over the next ten years is a failure. Like they have to be talking two or three at least for it to be a success. So we'll see. I don't know. It's a, we'll be watching them over the next few years. That's for sure. They've, they've, they've done something that teams just haven't done when it comes to these absurd contracts. Of course, you can look at the Yankees back in the day in the early two thousands and what they did with some of those contracts later when they got a rod and Teixeira and, and all those guys, but generally speaking, these days it was a frown upon there for a little bit to give guys larger contracts like they have, and now they've just signed some of the biggest names 
in in all of sport. And what I think they've done, because did you see what happened at Dodgers Fest? I did not know. Thirty five thousand people showed up. Ten dollars a ticket, three hundred fifty thousand dollars, just like that. Hmm. So that kind of helps. Yeah, you could pay. Yeah, yeah you could pay one of his games, game salaries. It's crazy, dude. It's mm-hmm. just, it's just one of those things where we sit here and we talk about some of these other teams, and you're just like, how in the world did the Braves or Dodgers not end up in the World Series? I just don't understand and i and that's the beauty of baseball yeah yeah i was just gonna say beauty Mm -hmm. of baseball but like dude like this these organizations are gonna make so much money off of their fan engagement they're probably making money off social media in some way jersey sales all these things and then so it's like how do these other teams even stack up to do anything like this dude yeah and i think most of the money actually comes from tv deals too so now that the Dodgers have tapped into the, you know, Japanese market, if you will, signing two of Japan's biggest stars. They should get a lot more money through their TV deal, right? Because yep. so many more players are going to watch the Dodgers games or so many more fans in Japan are going to watch the Dodgers. Not even just Japan, but probably most of Asia, right? Like, that's huge. It's absurd, man. Absolutely yeah. absurd. Well, What's been absurd the last couple of years, or pretty much since the Jim Crane era started in Houston, the Astros have been a dynasty in itself. And we can give out the trash can jokes. You can give out the cheating jokes and all this. Uh, The Astros are a very, very solid organization. And I praise them for extending one of their greatest players that have ever stepped foot in a Houston Astro uniform, Jose Altuve and the Astros agreed to a five-year, $125 million extension. Uh, The boy got paid. The boy got paid. Uh, This will start, of course, next year in 2025 for his age 35 season. Kind of crazy to think about. Uh, His contract will end when he turns 40 years old in 2030. No club options, no player options. This dude is a Astro for life this guy uh has sort of had a good career with the astros Vinny. um he has an mvp eight all-star games and six silver slug sluggers um so i'd say that this guy has sort of been a pretty good player for this organization oh and, and also won two world series but you know that's that's also just another thing too yeah i mean he's a career 300 hitter <laughs> like that's impressive and he's hit 200 home runs in his career at the second base position. So he's kind of like this weird breed of second baseman where he just, he's got phenomenal pop for his size, especially. And he just makes it work. I mean, I, the Astros are such a well-run organization. It's hard to find flaws. And, you know, we do hate the trash can. We hate the cheating. That's not going to go away for a long time. Excuse me. Um, But you just you still got to give credit where credit's due. They may have some blemishes, but man, this team has just been unbelievable. And their player development is phenomenal. Their how they scout is just they turn players into all stars. They don't just like go out and buy all stars. They are probably them and the Braves. I think are the two best at turning players into all stars. Agreed. Agreed. 
Now, what this also brings up, because yes, we talked about Altuve. Um, he's obviously just going to end up being an Astro for his entirety of his career, which is awesome. This kind of relates. It's kind of funny how we're talking about two contracts that relate to players that both have uh, worn the same uniform their entire career, which is always, it's so frowned upon these days. So a guy now that many thought was sort of going to be a part of the core, which or he is a part of the core, excuse me. But this begs the question now, what do they do with Alex Bregman? Because Bregman's a free agent after this year. He's already getting 30 and a half million this year. I mean, is this sort of on the way out potentially? Could be. Um, you know, he's only 30 years old, though. He's going to be 30 this upcoming season. You know, with how we've seen some of the longevity of players kind of go into their 30s over the last few years, I wouldn't be surprised to see him get another contract. Just depends on it. And this will be another case of does he want to stay where he's comfortable? Because he can go chase a bag, you know, maybe with the Colorado Rockies and they'll pay him $30 million more, right? But there, maybe his career goes to die. Like he's playing in no more playoff games. So the Astros, while, you know, they don't want to lose the centerpiece, they also have a lot to offer for him. So we'll see how, you know, that kind of gets balanced out next year with, uh, with Alex Bregman, because they also have a lot of young talent in that organization coming up. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting. Any, to see do, how you know, do you know any na names off the top of your head that could potentially be that replacement? Well, I know that we, um, in our, our dynasty league, we, you and I drafted Zach DeZenzo. Uh, he's one that is, he's a third baseman for the Astros who's on the cusp and he's kind of blocked by Bregman right now. So if Bregman doesn't want to play ball with them, they got another guy right there who's pretty good, who, you know, is going to be a lot cheaper. So, yeah, I, I think if Bregman doesn't work out, they will turn to Zach DeZenzo pretty quickly. And also, too, so here's kind of how the contract situation lays out. So you have uh, Bregman's gone next year along with Kendall Graveman, but Graveman's already done for the year, so that's not really that big of a deal. So if we're looking at it, where they start to get really interesting is 2026. So 2026, Verlander comes off the books. Uh, Abreu comes off the books. Also, to Presley, Valdez, Kyle Tucker, Rafael Montero, which that <laughs> that should not be given out. And then other names like Victor Carranty, uh, Jose Urquidy as well. Um, so that now begs the question, where does that money go? Because you're going to want to pay Kyle Tucker. Right, so you're gonna want to pay Kyle Tucker, but out of the rest of those names, Valdez maybe he'll be age 33 at that time. Montero, you won't be paying. Uh, Graveman, no, of course we talked about him. Caratini, no. Yerquidi, maybe he'll be 32 probably during that time. So that begs the question: Is where does that money get distributed across all those players? Um, and you know. There's a guy potentially going to be going to free agency here named uh, Juan Soto, who this would be, man, could you imagine him in an Astro uniform? Any reason why you would connect them or just for fun? I think more for fun, but 
the Astros are so well run that they may just say, why do we give this money to Bregman and some of these other guys? Why don't we just go all in next year, 2025, backload the deal. And then when all that money comes off the book in 2026, a lot of that money gets distributed to Soto. I don't know. Just, just galaxy brain. It's a cool, I I love the term galaxy brain. This guy on one of your just baseball guys uses it. It's hilarious. Mm -hmm. Um, Peter Apple, Peter Apple uses it. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Be a fun team. Yeah. Hope he, hope he's a cub. All right. Uh, One other simple thing that we saw that wanted to mention, Jonathan India, the Reds agreed to to your contract to avoid, avoid arbitration. Excuse me. This will take him to his third year of being eligible for arbitration in 2026 before he becomes officially a free agent in 2027. Now, He's been tagged to so many of these trade conversations based on the fact of the Reds having so much depth across the entirety of their infield. So this begs the question of, do we now see teams look to go after India because now he's set on that deal next year? What do you think, Vinny? It's a good thought. You know, I didn't think about that because my assumption was when they signed him to the two-year deal um, was that he was just going to, he was going to stay and they were just going to roll with the most depth that we've ever seen from that, from a team in recent years. Um, so I'm not sure. I mean, it, it must just be that the price for India is not where they want it to be. Like, I don't think that they're the return that they're getting is good enough for what they think India is worth because, and I, I would kind of agree with them because India has been kind of on a downward spiral over the last couple of years, but I still think he's a terrific bat. I, I still think that he is going to play a solid second base. He's a good hitter. So I, I don't see any reason to sell low on him just yet, but I don't see how he plays over Matt McClain and I don't see how he plays over Ellie De La Cruz. So I just don't know where he's going to play. Like there's not even a spot at DH for him because I assume that'll be CES there. We'll see, but maybe he gets some DH spots and spot starts, but um, yeah, it's just kind of hard to see where he's going to, where he's going to play, but good for the reds to lock him up because you're absolutely right. Now that he has control, maybe he is a little bit more valuable to teams who are worried about that. So here's a little bit of the details as to the two year deal, right? So he's 27 years old. He will earn $3.8 million this year and $5 million in 2025. He can earn escalators in the second year based on plate appearances or games started up to an additional $2.05 million. Uh, he only earned $760,000 in 2023. Now, he's had over, over 119 games last season. Uh, he batted 244 with a 746 OPS, 17 bombs, and 61 RBIs. He did miss quite a few games, 39 actually, with planter fasciitis in his left foot after being uh, their leadoff hitter between 2021 and 2022. But let's be honest, those years, you know, that was not necessarily a competitive team. So, you know, is this big, you know, this just sort of leads to, we're actually going to roll right into this Vinny, which is talking about the Cincinnati Reds and how they're going to look in 2024, because it's so funny how this works out, right? Because, Timing-wise, it's perfect because he's on a very, very cheap deal, right, for any team. That is amazing. You can go in the next year only paying the guy potentially $5 million, $7 million bucks to be a potential middle-of-the-order hitter, and he can play multiple uh, positions. 
But as of right now, let's talk about the lineup right now. And I'm going to change out India for CES because I just don't see how CES is not in the starting lineup. So going left to right across the outfield, left field will be Spencer Steer, who had an unbelievable year last year and should be another uh, in for another great year this year. Center field will be TJ Friedel, who also had a breakout year as well. And in right field, Will Benson. Across the infield, over at third base, Noel V. Marte. At short will be the one and only Ellie De La Cruz. Second base will be Matt McLean. And first base will be their newest, uh, newly acquired Yimer Candelario, who is a former Cub, Washington National, and Detroit Tiger, and before that was originally brought up by the Cubs. Uh, at Behind the dish, excuse me, will be Tyler Stevenson. DH-wise, I'm going to slide in. Fangraphs has India slotted as as a DH. I'm going to slide in CES in that spot. I just I think we can all agree that CES is, is almost a lock to be a breakout candidate this year. On the bench, they have Luke Maley. Stuart Fairchild and Jake Fraley. Let's talk lineup first, Vinny. This lineup is gross. And this lineup, we talked about it before we hopped on, dude. This lineup can win the division by 10 games or miss the playoffs. And I think it's going to be a factor of other the other side of their team with the starting pitching and all that. But this lineup, dude, I mean, we're talking five, six, seven runs a night. Yeah, they were top 10 in all offense last year, like offensive categories. The one that really surprised me, though, they led Major League Baseball in stolen bases last year by 24 stolen bases. They they were ahead of the Diamondbacks, who stole 166. And the Diamondbacks had Corbin Carroll, who a third of that, you know, was, was accountable for a third of that. So 190 stolen bases across the entire team is just phenomenal because – those stolen bases are going to lead to extra runs and they made it work. And so I think not only do they have a fast team, but now they have guys like CES who are going to drive guys in. Candelario is going to do the same thing. Now that Noelvi Marte is up, Noelvi is going to do it. This is just behind the Baltimore Orioles. If you want to talk about the most exciting teams in baseball, it's Baltimore. And then it's Cincinnati Reds, like one, a one B. They just have it all. They're ready to pop off. It's a scary team. Uh, to be in a division with um, at the Cubs. So we'll see. I just, I don't know. There's no weaknesses here. This team is phenomenal in, in pretty much every every position. And they have depth. So that's huge. You know, you talk about like, um, like throughout a lineup, right? I, look, I think about the Cubs, which we'll talk about the Cubs here probably either next week or the week after. But you talk about the Cubs and it's like, Looking at their team as of right now, it's it's if Suzuki is so important to that lineup and and what happens right, and you think about other lineups as well. Do you think that in this lineup there's one particular guy that has to make things happen this year in order for the lineup to be successful, or do you think that this lineup has so much depth that one guy can struggle and they're still going to be in a good spot? I think if we want to talk about the ceiling of this team, Ellie De La Cruz has to has to be what people want him to be. But they're so good that if he's not, and there's talk that people think he's going to start the year in AAA. I don't see that. But even if he does, let's just say Ellie De La Cruz doesn't play. He he sucks it up. 
they still got Matt McClain, who's going to play short. Oh, look at that. Jonathan India is now at second base. Like, that's who you had last year. So <laughs> I just, they're, they're, no, I don't think that this relies on any one person. Um, you know, if two or three or four guys start to struggle, you know, then maybe it's a, we're just talking about a team that's going to be middle of the pack, but I, I just don't see it. I think TJ Friedel is a very underrated center fielder. I think he's a terrific hitter. And I think people are going to see Noel V. Marte hit a different level this year. Um, I mean, I just, I think the world of Noel V. So I'm excited to see where he goes. Um, they just got so many, so many studs and great role players. So no, I don't think that it relies on one guy at all. Maybe they're pitching. I think that's, that's where I think it's going to really uh, have to come together. Let's talk about it, dude. Let's talk about the rotation and what their bullpen looks like here, uh, projected right now per fan graphs. Um, starting one through five in the rotation, Hunter Green, Graham Ashcraft, Frankie Montas, Andrew Abbott, and Nick Martinez. Martinez and Montas were, of course, free agent ads this past offseason. Bullpen-wise, long reliever looking like it's going to be Alex Young. Through the middle, their bullpen will be Buck Farmer, Brent Suter, who is a free agent ad this offseason. Ian Guybot, I believe is how you pronounce his name. He was acquired in waivers uh, last year from the Dodgers. Sam Mole uh, from the seventh and eighth position in the uh, or inning position in the bullpen will be Lucas Sims. In the eighth will be newly free agent ad Emilio Pagan, who was a really nice ad to their bullpen. And finally, Alexis Diaz as their closer, who had a very nice breakout year. Projection-wise, right now they're saying that he's going to have around 30 saves, 31 to be exact. Shall be interesting. Uh, Rotation-wise, though, looking like seeing if there's any guys that we might see this upcoming year. Of course, you have Nick Lodolo, Brandon Williamson. Some other names include Lion Richardson, Connor Phillips, Levi Stout, and others. So, Vinny, we mentioned it, right? This team can have a massive year, but... This rotation really has to step up, and that starts with Hunter Green. I think if he has another down year, then they really got to look elsewhere for a free agent starting rotation ad in the offseason to be their top of the rotation because they just can't afford to have this guy continually be so up and down and volatile. Yeah, you are. You hit it right on the head. Um, Hunter Green, that's why I think a guy like either Blake Snell or Jordan Montgomery, just you really got to look at some of those. If you're not going to trade any of your depth, which I thought Dylan Cease would have probably been a pretty good ad for this team. But if you're not going to trade from your depth, you got to spend the money to get it because let me, let me list off some of the, um, the pitching numbers. Are you ready? So they were third in home run. Sorry, 27th, right? 20, 28th, 28th. I can do that. 28th in most home runs allowed. They allowed 222 home runs last year. They were 25th in ERA last year, team ERA with a uh, 483 team ERA. So you can have the best offense in the world, but you really have to start honing in on your pitching and, and bringing those numbers down because I know you play in the worst park in baseball, but if your pitching staff isn't at least middle of the order, like as far as ERA goes, you're just you're not going to get it done. Um, another number that I thought was interesting too was they had the most saves out of any team at all last year, which tells me two things. One, they're playing in a lot of close games, probably because of their pitching, right? Their pitching just doesn't hold on. And then two, 
their starters probably aren't doing the best, right? And we've seen that from the ERA. Uh, we know Nick Lodola was out for quite a while, um, Hunter Green too, and they just didn't pitch as well as I think they should have or most people would think they should. So, Tyler, you're absolutely right. Hopefully, maybe Frankie Montas can figure something out because I think he's got a stud arm in there, but they really have to figure out how to minimize pitching. their pitching kind of bleeding them out because that's going to be their their make or break. Like Their offense is going to be top 10 regardless, I think. I mean, they only got better, and they were top 10 last year, so their offense is going to carry them. How far does their pitching go? You know, you're only as strong as your weakest link, and right now it's the starting pitching. Great breakdown, dude. This is, um, you know, you look at last year and you say, well, Hunter Green, you had a 4.82 ERA. Graham Ashcraft, who had a better second half, who had a little bit of a good spurt to start the beginning of 2023, he ended up with a 4.76 ERA. Your only shining spot was Andrew Abbott, but you cannot rely on Andrew Abbott to be your top of the line starter. I'm sorry. He's more of a three. He'll probably be their number, he'll probably be their three this year, in my opinion. Uh he ended up with a 3.87 ERA, which is pretty, you know, pretty good. But you saw at points that things can kind of get out of hand. I just think that they need to rely on something else. Nick Martinez, veteran ad. I just I I don't see I, I see him being tagged along Alex Young so you have the ability to go left or right for longer innings but oh man it's just so hard to look at because you're like man this this lineup is so incredibly deep from the offensive standpoint that you look at this rotation you're like man they're really missing the boat and if you throw a bunch of money at Blake Snell are you really going to regret it are you really going to regret it do you have any like here, let's let's pull up their uh, spot track page here for a second. Give me one sec. Yeah, I think they need an ace. They absolutely do. Like, let me. I, I found one more thing that I thought was you know a little telling, and I, I won't say that this stat makes or breaks. But Tyler, you're talking about essentially their need for an ace. Twenty teams, which isn't thirty, but twenty teams had at least one pitcher who threw a complete game last year, and the Reds were not one of them. So. Not you know you don't always need an ace to even throw a complete game, and I know complete games are a rarity nowadays more often than not. But the fact that two thirds of the league was able to have at least one guy do it, and you don't have anyone, I mean, I would be shocked if any other pitchers made it eight innings. Like I haven't looked at the numbers, but I just saw that one, and I'm like, who who would even throw eight innings on that staff? I don't know. So, but yeah, go ahead. So let's let's talk about this, right? Why not go after a guy like Blake Snell or John, Jordan Montgomery? Okay. And here's my stance on this, and this is what I, I thought the situation was. Okay, the only guys that you have to pay in 2026, Nick Martinez, Frankie Montaz, Emilio Pagan, Luke Maley, and Brent Suter. Okay? Tell me right now why you can't give Blake Snell who obviously is not going to get a long-term contract. He wants one, but I don't think teams will be that desperate to give him one. Why can't you give him a two-year deal, max the absolute crack, crap out of those two years right up front, and then you give him a player option in 2026, and if he wants it, he takes it. You're only paying right now the highest contract that you'll pay in 2025 
uh, or sorry, you'll pay in, in 24 and 25 is $15 million to Candelario. Everybody else is less than $15 million. You're telling me you can't throw Blake Snell over 20 million a year and just say, Hey man, 2026 doesn't work out. You're more than welcome to head on out and see what you can get, but you're going to be part of an unbelievable lineup. Okay. On the offensive side, you're automatically going to jump in and be the number one guy. We can, alleviate a lot of that stress off Hunter Green, who's 24 years old. Man, Vinny, this is yeah. this that, my, that one feels good. My thought too to just to build on that, right? If you do if they go after a guy like Blake Snell and they they crack open the pocket pocketbook this year and they say, okay, we're gonna play pay. I can't talk now. You see, you got my <laughs> words jumbled. I think it was you. We're gonna pay Blake Snell for eight years, next eight years. Then over the course of the next two to three years, you see, okay, can we find a deal for a guy like Ellie De La Cruz or Matt McClain? These are the cornerstones of your franchise. And those guys aren't unrestricted free agents until 2030. You're telling me you can't work out a long-term deal at some point over the next six years for those guys. If you have Blake Snell on your books, no, like sign a big ace, somebody who can help carry your staff, who can throw 180 innings. You'll figure out the rest with Green, with Lodolo. We got Rhett Lauder coming up, who looks phenomenal. So there's pieces there, but they need the frontline guy if they're going to compete. I, I just I don't see any other way around it. And Vinny, we're going to talk about those prospects, but we are going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. All right, we are back here on the Big Fly Pod, ready to talk about the Cincinnati Reds' future. While it looks incredibly bright right now, I believe, Vinny, that we have some prospects to talk about that you uh, – would say, yeah, they're in a pretty good spot moving forward. You already mentioned him, Rhett Louder. But per the top 100 from MLB.com, the Reds actually have five guys in the top 100. Those names include you know, the man we've already mentioned here who's going to be likely starting at third base on opening day, Noel V. Marte, Rhett Louder, Edwin Arroyo, Connor Phillips, and the flamethrower Chase Petty at 98 on the top 100. Vinny, there's a lot of guys to talk about that are super exciting. Rhett Lauder was, if, 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 if you don't remember, Rhett Lauder was a part of possibly the greatest pitching matchup in the history of college baseball when Wake Forest had played LSU in the College World Series last year that include number one overall prospect, Paul Skeens, or excuse me, number three overall prospect, Paul Skeens. What I saw from that man was a guy that will compete. But my only fear, I have a weird fear about this, and I don't know why this is. Do you remember a name by the name Carson Fulmer? out of Vanderbilt drafted by the White Sox ultra electric arm in college probably one of the top tier arms in college is it related to Michael Farmer I don't know no I don't sorry, know it was supposed ask, to be a little joke it, it was good it, yeah that one hit um <laughs> Carson Fulmer was electric Rhett Lauder is electric do you think Rhett Lauder and be a top-of-the-line starting pitcher because Carson Fulmer, the reason why you don't know his name probably is because he didn't work out. 
What do you think, buddy? Yeah, I mean, so I, I would have to look into uh, Fulmer a little bit more as to see maybe why he didn't. Maybe he had to, you know, maybe he had command issues or something like that. Um, but I think Rhett Louder feels like a very safe floor. Like he is going to be, he's kind of flashy. I mean, he's got like a mid 90s fastball. Um, he locates it well. And I think, you know, that alone with, you know, he's got a great changeup as a second pitch. I just, I think he's got such a safe floor that, you know, I don't see him maybe having ace upside. I don't think he's going to be an SP1 for a World Series team, but he's definitely going to be in the mix for a very good team um, for a long time. So, yeah, I think he could be like a high end SP3, maybe a middle SP2 at peak. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know too much about the former guy, but Rhett Louder feels like a very safe bet. What's, what's, I, okay. I know that he obviously pitched uh, in the College World Series towards the end, right? So his timing, same with Paul Skeens, where they, when they got drafted, they pretty much were going to be in a non competitive spot for the rest of the, of the uh, minor league season. Which rightfully so, because these guys are throwing an excessive amount of innings in college, and these colleges need them to do it because of the amount of money they're going to earn if they go far in the playoffs, they go to the College World Series, and the amount of money that they'll earn from fan engagement and all that, especially at a school like LSU. So, is it one of those where, let's say this year, he struggles a little bit uh, out of the gates in minor league ball, that there's a concern at all? Do you think with him being only 20... It's going to be 22 years old by the minor league season. Do you see any concerns whatsoever if he comes off and he doesn't have a good first year? Or do no. you think he's that gross? I mean, I don't think actually, if you I mean, if you want to talk about who's the grossest, I, I listened to Nick Pollock who broke down this, um, this reds team, especially, you know, if you, if you don't know, Nick Pollock is a, um, a pitching guru, if you will, like he watches more pitching than anyone else in the industry. And so he just knows his stuff for pitching. He actually said Connor Phillips is going to be the best pitcher in that Reds organization in three years. He's going to be better than Hunter Green. Talk He's going to be him. better than Nick Lodolo. Um, yeah, he throws a little bit higher fastball, you know, 97, it looks like um, on average. So and he throws it a lot. So. It just apparently he's blowing it by hitters, so we'll see. I. I totally believe in the fact that he is the best pitcher as far as stuff goes, but I think he has like some bullpen risk because he also has control issues. So, you know, you asked if it's a concern if Rhett Lauder doesn't show up. I think it's a concern if Rhett Lauder doesn't show up, if Chase Petty doesn't show up, and if Connor Phillips doesn't show up. Like they have three guys in that system at the top of that system who are all within that top 100 that you mentioned where – you just need, I think, two of those three guys to really come through and be productive over the next few years. Um, if they could make an impact this year, I think that's the best course of action. I think Connor Phillips will be um, a huge part of that team for this year, so we'll see. Rhett Lauder, maybe, you know, we see him at the end of this year, you know, as they are making a playoff push. Same with Chase Petty. So, again, we just need two of those three guys to kind of work out. But if none of them work out, that's when I'm waving the red flag saying we need to do something and do something quick because we do not want to lose what we have, right? Excuse me. They mentioned, right, we talked about it. They have such a special thing going here that, 
you really don't want to just kind of blow it all away because you can't develop pitching and you can't figure out who to put on your mound. So I wouldn't be too worried if he starts off a little bit slow, Rhett Louder that is, because there are a few other guys like Chase Petty and Connor Phillips um, who can come up and hopefully ease that burden, if you will. Any other names you're excited about? Definitely a lot of hitters, um, which is crazy to say considering they're already pretty loaded, loaded with with hitting. Um, obviously, Noevi Marte, he's technically still considered a, a prospect, but one that I'm excited about that I've kind of had a share in Dynasty for a few years now is Edwin Arroyo. Um, he is a hit-first kind of guy. He swings. He's very aggressive, swinging at over 50% of pitches. Um, it chases, I think, let's see, chases more than 30% out of the zone. So he really does like to swing at everything, but he's a switch hitter and he's consistent on both sides of the plate. He posts very similar numbers across the board from both sides. So you like to see that, you know, that he's a good hitter. Very excited to see Edwin Arroyo. And then another one that we could see this year, um, if he really knocks the door down is Blake Dunn. Um, he's an outfielder. He's a little bit older, so he doesn't seem to get a whole lot of respect for that reason, right? I mean, he's 25 years old. Typically, if you're 25 and you're still in the minor leagues, you're not going to break out into anything that's like, wow, that's amazing. So, But I think Blake Dunn has you know, potential for a 20-25 home run season if he kind of puts it all together. He's got good power. Um, so, yeah, there's a few guys. Blake Dunn, Edwin Arroyo are some hitters that I'm excited about that could make an impact as early as this year. And um, definitely those three pitchers I mentioned, Louder, Petty, and Connor Phillips. How about you, Ty? Any guys you're excited about? You know, I, the one that intrigues me has always been Chase Petty, based on the fact of his ability to be upwards of 100 miles per hour. He was a big-time prospect coming out of high school that many people were very, very excited about. Um, for some reason, I just think that, man, it, it's so hard because these kids, these guys are so young when they're drafted and they're expected to be, you know, a guy, you know, like Jackson Holiday, right? Who is young, mature, and ready to go. And unfortunately, a lot of these guys aren't. And it's really not a fault of their own. We're all, we all could agree that 18, 19, 20 years old, we were not necessarily thinking about how our, how we can support our families in the future and this and that. Like a lot of these guys are just, they're uber, uber talented. Um, they're incredibly confident in what they do. And then they get woken up when they are competing against guys from all across the world that they meet in the minor leagues that are coming out of the DR and Venezuela and other things. So, I always feel for these guys when it's like, okay, they haven't worked out in the first like two years. Chase Petty is 20 years old, right? So this is an arm that it says 60 grade fastball. I think when he came out of high school, I think he was a 70 grade, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and I could be totally wrong there, but like this kid, if he figures it out, you plug him into the bullpen. We're talking about, potentially a devastating bullpen, and then you're not so reliant on the starting rotation. I think Emilio Pagan was such an intriguing signing for that reason because they were able to say, okay, we are we know we can't do much with the rotation right now, except you can go get Blake Snell, but let's lock down our bullpen, make sure we're in a good spot there, and then we'll figure out the rotation, and I think that they can. But I think Chase Petty is a very, very fun arm to watch. 
Um, I'm I, Marte, of course, at the end of the day, it, it scares me what that guy can do this year and what he can plug in from a number, number standpoint. I think he could potentially be a guy who potentially puts up 25, 30 bombs, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll see. 25, 30 bombs, and I could see 20 stolen bases out of the guy. Like, maybe not 20, but probably closer. Wonder, I wonder why. Close to 30, 10. I just don't know how you and I never made it. Um, You know, I had a chance, but I wanted to stay yeah. back with you. So my prep baseball report profile though said that I, you know, I had uh, an upside. Um, oh, did it? Because my personality. Yeah. I think yeah. that was the, oh yeah. Prep baseball. I remember, I think I slipped that guy at 20 to say something nice about you. Um, You know, we just had to. Threw enough, money. threw enough money at him. Threw enough money. Yeah, at exactly. Him, right. They'll say whatever you want. <laughs> this is the most handsome guy in all of the 2024 class. Best hair. You could get a hair green. That'd be pretty good. You got 80 grade hair right now. I do. I feel yeah. like I do. Yeah. It's flowing. I've let it grow a little bit more on uh, either side. Shout out my barber. Shout out my barber. Um, Who's the barber? Vinny, Don't you have to say the name? Sorry. Uh, David Bell. Okay. Thanks. Is, is David Bell on the hot seat this year? Could be. Would Would you say so? How long has he officially been the manager of the Reds? That's a good question. Let's call it let's call let's it multiple see. years at this point, right? So he's been there. He's caused he's he's a absolute psychopath, but the players supposedly love him, right? I don't know how he could be on the hot seat considering he signed a three year deal in July of twenty twenty three. A three year extension. So he's gonna be there at least through twenty twenty six. I would say if things go south this year, next year he'd be on the hot seat, but I don't okay. think He's he's okay. on there right now. Did not know he said an I, extension. That's why. Yeah, yeah, I, I had to look that one up too. No. I mean, he turned it around because the year before, right? I mean, in 2022, this team was a 62 and 100 win team. Like, they lost 100 games, right? They tied Pittsburgh for last place two years ago. So now that they're oh, they were over 500. I think that's a phenomenal turnaround. That's a 20 game swing right there. They went from 62 and 100 to 82 and 80. Like. He's he's probably doing fine. I don't think he's in any danger right now. Vinny, anything else here on the Reds, buddy? Just you know, as a non-biased Cubs fan, don't uh, don't sign a good pitcher. <laughs> Can you? Imagine? That's a scary team. It's it's a scary team. That's it I, is. I don't want to be in the same division as them, but there are worse divisions to be in. So, I mean, we could be looking at the start of a potential dynasty right here. If they do have a few arms that can be slow, because when I look at like the Houston Astros, right. And then I'll shut up and then we can go the Astros. Yeah. They have a couple of great pitchers. I don't think Verlander's an ace anymore. He kind of stuttered last year. Framber Valdez, like they have a lot of guys who they don't really have an ace on that staff in Houston, but they have, so much talent up and down their pitching rotation that they'd make it work. And obviously their offense, you know what their offense can do. So I see the reds kind of fitting that mold as to like, they have a phenomenal offense. If they can just like get a few pitchers who are going to eat innings and keep your team in the game, we could be looking at a, a dynasty for the next five years, competing with the likes of the Braves and the Dodgers. 
it's scary. It's really scary to think about. It is scary, buddy. Yeah. Well, um, to everyone that tuned in, hope everyone has a wonderful weekend. Um, yeah. Yeah. Baseball is almost here, buddy. How many days now until spring training? Is it like literally like I know the Dodgers, the Dodgers and Padres, all their pitchers and catchers report here over the weekend due to the fact that they're going to be playing in Korea uh, to start the year. So, um, yeah, things are looking pretty cool right now, man. Things are looking good. Uh, the I think pretty much a lot of teams, though, have pretty much had all their pitchers and catchers already re- report here over the last week. But, you know, you got to catch any spring training games or anything. My goal is to catch a few. I definitely just don't want to go see the Cubs. I definitely want to go check out the the Giants. I've been to the Giants Stadium for the Arizona Fall League, but I definitely want to get down to the Guardians to watch them in Goodyear. Uh, a couple of teams. I can't remember who plays over in Surprise, but I definitely want to get over there. Glendale. Um, and I do want to get to, I believe it's Talking Stick is the stadium that I think mm-hmm. is. I can't remember which teams those are. I don't even know why I run a podcast, honestly. but. Um, Embarrassing. It's embarrassing. Yeah. Embarrassing. I'm excited for you though, buddy. I'm excited for myself and I'm excited yeah. for Rami. I think we're gonna do some great stuff and hopefully it only Rami, helps this podcast Rami, too. I think I think it will. I think mm-hmm. it will. And um so are we so is the big fly pod a uh JUCO program right now that's fulfilling the feeder. needs of the division one? Yeah. Okay. It's a feeder. Okay, cool. So to um, any uh, young and up-and-coming uh, podcasters, if you just want to get onto Just Baseball Media, you just come on the Big Fly Pod, and we'll somehow get you on. Yeah, all you got to do is call Tyler Handsome a couple times, and he'll he'll let you on the podcast. That's all it takes. Yep, pay a couple dues, yeah. pay a couple fees. Yeah. Um, listen to me when I call and uh, talk about fantasy baseball late at night. You know what I mean? Oh, it's, yeah, I uh, do have to. You know, we got long phone calls about that already. So, yeah, that's a lot of, of the mock drafts. people don't see. Good, yeah. Your mock drafts look good. Yeah, mock drafts look solid. I might uh, do one. I might do one here after we uh, hang up the phone. But uh, it's been good, buddy. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. You as well. And uh, yeah, we look forward to doing this with you again soon. Can't wait to break down the Cubs. I can't wait. Next week we got a few other names coming up. Uh, Let's see here. Let's preview for the folks that are tuning in. Give me one sec. Hold, please. Padres, Cubs, and Yankees. Sounds like a winning week next week. Hilarious. Hilarious. So that the Padres are ranked in these power rankings. And I also, this is also like from before the season even started. So uh, shout out me for keeping it uh, consistent. I've stayed consistent. I've stayed with this power ranking system, Um, but it should be good. We're likely going to have a big wig on for the Cubs episode. We will not mention him, but we will have potentially a big wig on a talk about uh the cubs and everything which will be a lot of fun that'll be a uh episode for us we deserve it came in mm-hmm. cm you can you know buzz off and have a good night you can be on yeah. the padres episode <laughs> and maybe the yankees if we let you yeah yankees are gonna be fun man yeah yeah fun. i agree yeah all right well to everyone that tuned in thank you so much for again for listening to another edition of the big fly pod and we'll talk to you again here soon